Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now age of radio Hey, everybody, this is Steve. I just want to let you know that for all the latest on our podcast, uh, hit us up at EILF Movies. That's everything I learned from movies on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, we're also on Patreon if you want to check that out. But our homepage is with the Age of Radio Network at ageofradio.org slash everything I learned from movies. And if you're looking for some amazing art, check out my wife's Etsy page at untidyvenus.etsy.com. All kinds of great stuff there. Also, follow us at PodCartFest, that's P-O-D-C-A-R-T-F-E-S-T, for our periodic art and podcasting festival that we're going to be hosting. It's uh, it's actually pretty cool. Check it out. So yeah, on that note, let's get to the show. Everything I learned from movies Helps to make life a little bit groovy With a one-line plot holes a gratuitous boobies It's time to get busy with your friend Steven Izzy Hey everybody, this is Steve. Uh, for today's episode, uh, we did a little panel about the uh, Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League for Utah Remote Con. Uh, great little event. Uh, probably have another one coming up in about six months, so keep your eyes out for that. Uh, but we're joined by a bunch of other great podcasters who have some feelings about Justice League. Uh, you may find out me and Izzy, not so much, but it's a lot of fun. So uh, enjoy. Hey guys, and welcome to DC Night uh, of Utah Remote Con. I know that's very confusing because I'm wearing an Iron Man shirt, but these are the hands that we were dealt, and that's okay. Because, uh, you know, we're going to talk about Snyder Cut in a minute, and, uh, you know, in my opinion, it was okay. Uh, but we'll see what our panelists have to say in a minute. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Utah Remote Con 2. Uh, we are uh, supporting the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Uh, we are just so close uh, of a thousand dollars. We need seventy-five more dollars in order to be able to hit that. So, if you guys are able to, uh, please make sure to go to givebutter.com/slash/utahremocon2. I'll put the link in the comments in a minute here, um, and please donate. Help us reach that next goal, so we can then hit our other ones as we go throughout the rest of this week. For this panel, we are doing a raffle prize, uh, which is a Batman and Superman bobblehead. Uh, so make sure to get in your guys' raffle tickets before then. Uh, I know some of our panelists just did that as well, so uh, make sure you get ahead of them. And without further ado, let's bring in the moderator of today's panel, Blake from The Let Us In. How's it going, guys? Blake. And uh, if you want to just introduce all your lovely panelists, and we'll get started. So I'll just introduce myself first, and then we can go in uh, clockwise. That's hard to do. <laughs> Motion, and you guys can tell us <laughs> who you are and what you're representing. So I'm Blake. I am from the Let Us In podcast, which is a TTRPG tabletop role-playing game podcast. Um, we just finished our first season, and our second season starts in beginning of June, I think. We um, we have a lot of fun. Come hang out with us. Come listen. Part of the Stolen Droids family. That's pretty much it. So we'll go to Steve and Izzy now. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And we're with Everything, Everything I Learned From Movies. And we talk about uh, bad to questionable movies. Does the Snyder Cut of Justice League apply? Let's find out. We also drink good beers. In tiki glasses. Hey. <laughs> See, I couldn't have introduced you guys the way you just did that. So that was perfect. Uh, we'll go to Ian next. 
Hi, I'm Ian. I'm with uh, It Was a Shit Show. Uh, we are a YouTube series slash podcast series that uh, dives into troubled productions for films and TV. Uh, I do a, a video, a breakdown for YouTube, and then we also have the conversational podcast where we get to razz those, the stupid shit that goes down on movies and TV sets. Sweet. And then Tracy? Uh, Tracy with Movies That Make Us here on the Stolen Droids Network um, with uh, Jake Dietz and Valerie Cameron. Perfect. And then Robert? Hi, uh, Robert. I'm an Instagrammer on Action Figure Theater, and I have some opinions about some Zack Snyder movies that I want to share. Perfect. Perfect. And then Colin, did you want to introduce yourself in any way? I'm Colin, Stolen Droids Podcast. (laughs) We're a a pop culture podcast podcast for your pocket kind of a big right. deal <laughs> colin by, by the way i just want to say i love your shirt and i thought it was like a little Thank bikini you. when i first saw it yeah so. he did he was like is that like wonder woman in a bikini yeah it's know. like some sort of like anime thing going on and i was like oh wait i got but, it now. but i mean you gotta you gotta kind of raise it yeah, up yeah yeah once i saw the effect, right? <laughs> well, let's see how you thought that was a bikini it's a bikini and a chastity belt. I see let, it. Let it go. <laughs> you like you like really wore the wrong shirt. Just I feel all so together. Right now. <laughs> My eyes are like that. Just, just like that. I don't even feel bad for you. So <laughs> sweet. All right. So eyes are up Blake. here. My name is Blake again. I'm the moderator for tonight. I did some research for this movie, quote unquote research. I read a couple articles that I wanted to discuss with you guys first. Um, and then we can delve into our thoughts as to whether or not we think this is a good movie. So first we're going to talk about why this movie happened, meaning the Snyder cut, not just justice league, how that came to be and then whether or not it was successful. Okay. So let's see if I can computer and see if I can. Nope. Not that one. That's me. There we go. Aha! Oh, is it? Ooh. Ooh. Hi guys, guys, I made a PowerPoint oh, for this. Dude, you're so professional. Oh. So so, I went and I like I said, I read some couple articles and I didn't want to just sit here and read them. So I got the quotes that I thought were good and then I'll read them to you guys and we can talk about them. Well, so, make us read it, I see. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so why did this movie happen? Um Cha-ching. In an NBC News article, it says he, meaning Zack Snyder, told the Los Angeles Times recently that he and his wife, the producer Deborah Snyder, left the project because they had lost the energy to fight the studio over creative differences two months after their 20-year-old daughter, Autumn, died by suicide. So there was a tragic event. Um, I didn't know this, but obviously there was already creative differences happening with the director and... Yeah, that was in a Vanity Fair article where he kind of broke it down and and talked a lot about what that actually was. And that's when it was at the four-hour mark and when he was fighting with uh, Warner Brothers about bringing it down. And he was like, I'm done. I'm out. And that's when he left. Dude, Ian, I'm so happy you're here because I knew you would know this stuff. (laughs) Also, this comment is hysterical. Shouldn't the slides be in 4-3? Yes. (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant. Just spot on. Okay, anyways, continuing. The article goes on to say the studio... Okay, obviously, Joss Whedon then finished the movie. It came out. Nobody liked it. Not even the fans. Then... Four-ish years later, the studio didn't just commit to release the Snyder Cut of the movie on HBO Max. It was reported to have gotten a $70 million infusion to allow Snyder to get the unfinished effects shots into fighting shape for its streaming service debut. So obviously, that's a huge chunk of money. How on earth did that happen? Well, it's the direct result of a fan movement launched over disgust with the theatrical release. It wasn't just on social media. A plane was rented to tow a hashtag release the Snyder Cut banner over the Warner Brothers lot, and a billboard was even rented in Times Square. In the process of people campaigning for this, fans were able to raise more than $600,000 for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, according to the charity, a gesture of support in the wake of the Snyder's family tragedy. I didn't know about that. I thought that was kind of cool. The highlight for me is the money they were able to raise for suicide prevention. Snyder said people's lives have been saved by the money they raised. That is just a fact. 
However, there's also been a more insidious subplot to this hero's journey saga, a subset of the movement that has aggressively trolled critics who don't regard Snyder's films as reverentially as they do. Any fandom can be unhealthily obsessed from time to time, and almost all fandoms have at least a small toxic contingent in them, said Alicia Grouso, a veteran movie journalist. The difference with the Snyder fandom is that the toxic contingent tends to be louder, more stringent, and less forgiving than other fandoms. She's never met Star Wars fans, has she? <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> The article goes on to say comic book editor Heather Antos has occasionally been hit hard on Twitter by that contingent. She, um, I guess, made a a joke about a Zack Snyder movie and a bunch of fans came at her with death threats and horrible comments and just awful things. And she says, I think what makes me so uncomfortable about everything is that Warner Brothers caved. They gave into this harassment, she said. So what's going to happen the next time? The precedent has been set. If you would have asked me to bet four years ago, I would say there's no chance, Snyder said. So yeah, it's pretty amazing. This isn't a sequel or a reboot. It's a redo. A major victory for artistic expression or a dangerous precedent of appeasing belligerents. Depending on whom you ask. Either way, it's unprecedented in the history of cinema. So that brings us to the first kind of thing I wanted to talk about with you guys. Where do you guys fall on it? Is it a major victory? artistic expression or do you guys think they caved and fans were awful and they got this movie to happen what do you guys think it's not unprecedented because they did a recut of uh highlander 2 you've got the original highlander 2 that's unwatchable and then you've got the renegade cut which is almost unwatchable. yep yeah, here's a prime example if you don't want to go to Star Wars, because you we've had those what the special edition, the super special edition, the super special secret edition of Star Wars, all the ones that you know have come out since 1990, whatever. That Lucas has been like, I'm gonna retouch this, I'm gonna retouch this, greeter shoots first, blah blah blah. So it's not exactly unheard of. I I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. Um yeah. I don't think that they caved into belligerent fans, but Warner Brothers thought that there was a chance to try and make more money. Yeah. Um, th- th- this was a film that was already, pardon the phrase, the shit show um, before <laughs> it got released, before um, Walt Snyder was working on it. And Warner Brothers was like, we can't, we're in no man's land. We have to get this movie out because we've already spent so much money, but we can't just like hide it and sit on it because it's it's such a big name movie. And then when all the fans of Snyder put pressure on them. They thought, well, maybe there's some money to be made there. And that's what drove the decision. I think it's interesting. I, and maybe you guys can prove me wrong. I don't know as a film getting as much money to be redone as this one did. Yeah. You know, some, some movies, they release extended versions. They release things that they've already filmed. I don't know of a movie that's gotten $70 million to go redo it. Star Especially Wars? when you have so many yeah, mustaches to connect. Yeah, am I wrong? Did Star Wars get that much? I I don't know what the I don't know. One got a fair years. I don't think it was seventy. Yeah. Also, what would have happened if uh, they just donated seventy million dollars to suicide prevention? Right. <laughs> That's uh-huh. a really good point. Yeah. Oh, guys, I I, I had okay. The seventy million dollars. <laughs> Army of the Dead, the the newest Zack Snyder movie just came out. I think it's reported like $90 million just to make that from scratch. I have an honest question I really want to ask. What is the difference between Zack Snyder and Paul W.S. Anderson? That's a great question. That's a One makes fun films. One makes enjoyable movies under two hours and for a quarter the budget and the other one's Zack Snyder. <laughs> and they have okay in Army of the Dead there's a very similar joke to the one that got uh, Monster Hunter banned in oh, China. So oh, yeah. Spoiler alert for that. But that 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 was the thing that kind of got me thinking about it. I was like okay yeah World Combat made some money and so mm-hmm. Paul W.S. you know Event Horizon got some critical acclaim for being mm-hmm. Hellraiser in space. It is a great movie. And then basically getting checks to make resident evil movies for the next 15 years is Zack Snyder kind of in that same thing, except he was given the DC universe. I, I would say they tried to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it obviously didn't work. 
Yeah. Well, well, you can at least t- say that Snyder actually has a eye for visuals. Like you can't point out one thing that that Anderson has done that really sticks sticks out in your mind, even if you don't like Snyder movies. Blood there's, orgy. There's, there's, yeah. <laughs> there's just there's just moments in Snyder movies that just really that catch your eye visually, even though, I mean, it might be stupid as hell, but it, at least it's interesting. Yeah. 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 It's definitely a visual actor. And I'm sure like if I were watching uh, 2011's three musketeers and they lingered on the Zeppelin with rotary cannons on it long enough, <laughs> like, wow, this is a visionary thing, but I, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Snyder's definitely a very, very visual artist, but, Am so, I the only one who says they're going, all right, yeah. come <laughs> on, nope. as, wrap a, it up. as somebody who went to film school and like really focused in on editing, Snyder films drive me crazy. Yeah. I did not go to school for editing, and I'm like, oh, I can take a mo- an hour off of this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Give three. me a VHS. <laughs> he, he doesn't, he, this is the problem with most directors, is he does not have an editor who will stand up to him. Quentin Tarantino had a had his editor for years, and then she passed away. And those last two or three movies that he's made have just become kind of these bloated things. Um, Spielberg's editor that worked on Jaws, and she worked with him on a lot of films. He kept wanting to make it bigger, and, and she was like, "No, we got to cut, we got to cut." And Snyder just doesn't have that. Are you saying that he has so much money that nobody on his team tells him no? Well, and that and that being said, uh, we're you know we're talking about the Snyder cut. Is it better than the original Justice League? Absolutely. I have yes. an idea of what's going on. Does it need to be four hours? Three is probably good. But um, here's here's the better question, though, Steve. Did you miss the Russian family? <laughs> no. Wait, uh, by, by the way, let me rephrase that. What Russian family? I, I don't even remember a whole lot about Justice League. I just. Could, I, I could have got done without the uh, Icelandic chick singing or whatever. That was oh, yeah. kind of a... If you, if you right. cut out all every uh, piece of slow-mo and every like musical montage, yeah, the movie's 45 minutes. Somebody did a count and there's over 50 minutes. I think it's like 53 minutes of slow motion in this movie. It's and then there's the musicals. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I think this movie borderlines on a, mu- a musical because plot points are pushed forward via music. Well, and, uh, a lot of the new music that was added just doesn't feel like it fits in with the story I at all. The score better. I, I like Junkie XL, but I didn't think that the score for the Snyder Cut was any better. Yeah, I uh, like I like Elfman personally. That that Wonder Woman theme that kept coming back was like <laughs> so right? annoying. Oh my oh, god! No, 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 no! no. <laughs> not the not the Wonder Woman theme from the Wonder Woman from Batman versus Superman and Wonder Woman. I'm talking about the theme that Junkie put in there of that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, it should have been in Wonder Woman '84. <laughs> that was really bad. <laughs> no, uh, but another thing I really like about Snyder Cut. Cyborg. I like that he's in the movie. Yeah, I was about to say, all the characters that I wanted and was angry weren't in the original one or all the ones they added in. I'm like, just make a movie about them. Um, <laughs> well, that's actually, the comment we'll from Mike that. really quick. Oh, oh. From Mike Trong. Which one? Um, the one under, under the... Actually, the first one about the using some of the money for CGI. Because <laughs> we uh, That, I think, <laughs> makes a good point. Um, but I actually agree with the fact that they made Cyborg look like, yeah, I brought Dexter figures to a panel, who knew? That they made him look rough and unfinished, because not only was it, you know, an invasive attack on his body that he hadn't learned how to control, it was something new and alien, and I like the fact that he didn't look teen titan, smooth and shiny and slick, but that he was kind of busted up looking and was like, um, can you, can you fix that? Can you do something about that? Which they did by the end of the movie. But the fact that he had to actually accept it, which we actually got a story where he, where we could actually see his progression of accepting what became of him after the uh, accident. And the yeah, fact but that I he actually had a storyline in the Snyder cut was, you know, brilliant. It's more of a problem of what I think he's referring to is that it still looks unfinished as oh, no, in no. It, it the, the, the quality, like the, where it's on his face and you're just like, it looks like it, they haven't rendered enough of it. And I th- for me, it added to the fact that he was still fighting per, that you know, Victor was fighting it. So I think that, that may have been an actual conscious choice to make it still look kind of crappy. 
Interesting. Interesting. I okay. was a little bit sad that they didn't add in a little of the Teen Titans go like cyborg in that like he doesn't like because he's still a teenage kid like he's a teenager still he didn't use any of his powers to just order a bunch of pizzas or something like a teenager genuinely would with full access to everything electronic like a little something like that just would have added a little bit more charisma to the character he's a very dour character in the, in the Snyder cut so he's a Snyder character yes yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> hey, well that brings us to the big question you guys was it successful do you think it was worth it? Um, I read an article in Time Magazine that says, until recently, Warner Brothers had no motive to release a version of Justice League that sets up future sequels that will never manifest. But those calculations changed with the pandemic as the company became reliant on its streaming service, HBO Max, rather than on theatrical releases. Debuting the Snyder Cut on a streaming service would create buzz and recruit subscribers. Greenlighting films based on fan campaigns may sound like a democratic way to make movies, but in reality, the power is not with the people, but with a small, loud contingent of fans willing to spew hatred. The Snyder Cut, new and improved as it may be, is the latest reward for their bad behavior. But, and as Tracy pointed this out, also perhaps the inevitable conclusion of a saga set amid an industry in which money talks louder than even trolls. Money, of course, can also talk in the form of box office receipts. Which is why, following the success of Wonder Woman and Black Panther, we're now set to see more of Harley Quinn and a Black Superman movie. If Cash is going to set the agenda, let's hope that agenda at least moves us forward, rather than treading in place. And then, just to give you guys some numbers, Forbes did like a breakdown of the, the number of subscribers that HBO Max got from this. And the weekend that the Snyder Cut came out, they got 1.48 million new downloads, which was a 64% increase for them. So, however, bending over backwards, to be fair, let's presume that all 1.48 million new downloads were also new paying subscribers. At $14.99 a pop, that's a monthly haul of around $22 million for a film that cost AT&T an extra $70 million to complete. Will all of these newbies keep their subscriptions over the next 12 months? That's certainly what everyone hopes as Warner Brothers releases geek-friendly movies like Godzilla, Mortal Kombat, Space Jam, Suicide Squad, Dune, and The Matrix 4 between now and Christmas. If so, then best-case scenario is that Zack Snyder's Justice League brings or contributes to around $266 million in annual revenue. Now, there are a bazillion caveats to all of this, and Forbes goes on to explain in the article all these different caveats. So, what do you guys think? Do you guys think it was successful? Did it get? Did you guys keep your HBO subscription? Um, still got ours. Yeah. Still By the way, guys, Oz is still on there, and it's still super poignant, and still has phenomenal <laughs> characters. Just waiting for Dune to not come out on HBO Max, though. <laughs> I've had HBO for a, a long while, so it, it didn't change anything for me. And from what I understand, most people didn't even finish the damn movie. Right. So, mm-hmm. And much like Netflix, we will never know what these numbers are, right. and we will never understand how much goes into what and whether or not they were really tout how great – the the reception was uh when warner brothers has said numbers they've kind of said look godzilla versus kong was our most watched movie since the app and stuff like that but they have not said anything about the snyder cut and most of that other information is kind of uh third-party software so it doesn't sound like it moved the needle at all that was interesting that was one of the things the forbes article pointed out is it said that the people are able, the third party people are able to see who turned on the app, but they aren't able to see what they did with it. True. And right. so, like you said, the majority of them probably didn't finish the movie or well, took them a long time to finish it. Yeah, the, the report is, is that um, like 65% of people who started it didn't finish it. I don't know how you can watch a four hour movie in this day and age, even at home. In one sitting. That's rough. That's a lot yeah. to ask from somebody. Um, I had to break it up into three or four chunks. Me too. I took a nap in one during two of the parts. <laughs> so, well, I'm going to, I'm going to argue the other side. Um, we got 
we ended up getting HBO because of all the releases. Like we got it, I guess, for Snyder Cut because that came out oh, first, and then no, no, we got it for Wonder Woman. Oh, that's right, we got it for Wonder Woman. Then, but yeah, yeah. For the six um, so but so somebody like like if something interesting like that brings people in, even if they don't end up watching it, but it's sort of like, hey, we you know we came for Snyder Cut, but we stayed for Big Love. It's still technically right. successful because that's yeah. what that's what got them to pull the trigger on it. Yeah, Big Love was going to be there anyway. Now someone's actually using it for the other month. They get the fourteen ninety nine plus tax or whatever. And and I mean, I mean, the real sign of financial success is when they greenlight Justice League Two, Electric Boogaloo, or whatever <laughs> the next in the DC universe. <laughs> the, Wrath of Martha. Yeah, the, the, the Green Lantern reboot, the, the Black Saddening. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Like, a, a, a lot of these movies are going to start coming out on theaters now. So do we really need HBO Max? You know, HBO Max doesn't yes, really no. bring a ton of original content. Um, it's just been kind of a placeholder for for DC to put their stuff while, you know, we are in this pandemic. Well, then uh, Discovery just kind of <laughs> buy yeah. it and stuff, too. So now that could become one mm-hmm. super conglomerate so you can watch love it or lease it, then follow it up with Batman Returns. <laughs> and then end the night with some ghost adventures. But I, I, I just don't know if it's going to do a lot for long-term success, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. When you've, when you've got these big releases during a pandemic, sure. It's, it's going to do fairly well. Um, but for DC movies that haven't necessarily been as consistent, I don't know if it's a place that I would necessarily stay to, to keep watching that content over and over again, like I would with, you know, some of the Marvel movies. Wasn't HBO Max um, also kind of pushed out um, from the DC Universe um, model, kind of chasing Marvel and Disney Plus? Yeah. As a streaming app, they're like, oh, Marvel and Disney are making all kinds of money with this. We can do the same thing. Right. Right. To be fair, Trolls 2 set the trend for that, so... You know, kudos <laughs> to Netflix. <laughs> well, if, uh, if if Dune comes out for an extra, you know, the $30 or whatever for premium access, you know, when they decide to release in theaters, am I just going to watch it at home? Yeah, I could probably do that. I could I pwn that extra 30 bucks. If it's Trolls 3, you know, Trolls in Space, probably not. And but... we should note that, like, for people like us, we live 40 minutes from our nearest theater. Yeah. So going to see a movie is really kind of an all-day event for us right um and i know that we're like in the minority but there are a fair amount of people who live in not in city centers so going to a theater is a big deal and you know it's like do i want to go like do i want to go go in almost an hour into town probably get dinner or lunch or something and then sit in a packed theater or do i want to watch it on my couch with my surround sound on my hdtv and pause for bathroom breaks right I, I really think it depends on the movie, um, like yeah, the Conjuring sure. that's coming out first part of June. Um, I'll probably check it out on HBO Max. I'm not going to go to the theater for that. Um, Suicide Squad, I'll go to a theater and see it on a big screen. Dune, definitely seeing that thing on a big on a big screen. Yeah. So I think it kind of depends on the film that's being released. Yeah. Yeah, Fast Nine's a big screen. Honestly, I'm hoping that the like the streaming services is going to bring back the mid-budget movie because those have sort of disappeared. Oh, yeah. We have huge budget movies that you do go. You we're going to go see Dune. We right. want the big sound. We want we want the experience. I miss the mid-budget movies because that's where a lot of like creative stuff happened. That's where a lot of actors you don't see all the time would get to go be leads and stuff that they're not. You know, Ernie Hudson was never going to be a lead in a billion-dollar film, but he is in like Congo. which we love i I think a lot of that is going to be on the on the tv shows that are going to be on these streaming services yeah i think that's where your mid-budget's going to go i really liked this i really liked this question in the comments they said um do you think this movement will give directors more autonomy from the control of movie studios no I think this the is going to be crushed down. If they, yeah. if they can keep the budgets down, then you can kind of keep the movie studios out of it for the most but, part. You but doesn't, doesn't the Snyder Cut kind of prove that right? Mm-hmm. It cost them a lot of money. It, in our eyes, wasn't successful. This director got away with it. So why, why, why this time did it happen, do you guys think? I think it's an interesting thought. I think it's a perfect storm. Yeah, yeah, you know, the timing with the pandemic. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. If, if if this happened without the pandemic, I don't think it would have happened. No. I think it would have been one of those fabled Snyder cuts 
um, that people talk about and hushed tones at the, you know, at geek conventions when we get together. Um, but it wouldn't have seen the light of day. They wouldn't have put more money into it. But everybody's chasing Disney Plus. Everybody's chasing Netflix. And HBO Max needed to try and get something that would cause a stir and get attention. Did they get it? I don't think they got it, but it gave them something. They were shooting for Tiger King. Exactly. <laughs> they had they had a movie that was technically already in the can. So right. all they needed to do was finish the visual effects it, versus when – at the time when there was absolutely no movies being filmed because of the pandemic. So it was kind of like, that was kind of an easy one for them. It's interesting that you say easy though, because I, I don't think in, in terms of effort, yes. In terms of financial investment, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it for well, it HBO could, to do that. A, a, a streaming service that's trying to get off the ground, starting $70 million in debt. Yeah, but but it could have kickstarted the entire franchise again. Like the cinematic universe could have been restarted, and they're like, "Oh, maybe okay, this is we just got to give him all the autonomy because he made with HBO Max or whatever." So it's like, "Yeah, here's your Green Lantern movie. Here's you know all the other stuff." But yeah, that that doesn't sound like that's going to be the case. But it it was worth a shot when you know you're going up against like uh, Host being like the big movie that came out at the time because. It was shot for, you know, 20 grand during the pandemic and was getting all the eyes on it, on Shudder, of all things. Right. Wasn't the original statement that all they had to do was a little bit of post-production work on the Snyder version, as opposed to all of the reshoots they wound up doing as well? Yes. Yeah. So it's like, was, you got this in the can, don't go and spend, you know, do all this other stuff, give us the movie that you've already got and move on. But we got two more hours or we got whatever number of hours of additional footage and special effects out of that. And an even worse looking Steppenwolf. <laughs> even worse looking Steppenwolf. No. I think that I wish if you had if, Steppenwolf with Steppenwolf. But he had the jingling thingies all over, you know. Let's just replace him with Steppenwolf, the band. Yeah. Drastic improvement right there. The reshoots well, were so only we the ending. So that the, night, the, the nightmare, sequence. the nightmare sequence is the only thing that they reshot, and maybe uh, the sequence of Martian Manhunter walking out yeah. of the apartment. Other than that, it was all already filmed, so they didn't need to do anything else. But there's a big difference between doing finishing the effects for a movie that you've cut down to two and a half hours versus fucking four hours. Sorry, my language. <laughs> and, and a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Colin, you've been quiet. What have you what have you been thinking about? Uh, you know, I just I don't know. I I've I've got a lot of mixed feelings just about the, the film in general and uh don't really I don't know. A lot of the, the editing that was redone on it and um it it just didn't I, I kinda like the first film better. I don't know. It's more entertaining. Oh. It's more entertaining. <laughs> Yeah, I just it's more watchable. I more I will watchable. stand by you with it, that actually. It's, it's a lot it's a I'm lot a shorter of a film. Uh yeah, they didn't spend a lot of time on on developing some of these other characters, but they should have had other movies for those characters before they 100%. even started that. Yeah. Um, you know, I I get they didn't want to be just like like Marvel and and feel like they're following their lead, but <laughs> Come on. There's there's a better way to develop these stories and these characters than just tossing up uh, up in a film and trying to give them uh you know these you know 15 minute story arcs uh and then all of a sudden you you're now doing this edit of the film and you've got you know 3 hours of just character <laughs> development when you could have just done separate movies or done what? movie shorts or something to uh, so, to put and, these together. And that, that got brought up when we talked about this on um, Movies That Make Us. Is that what when we talked about that, Tracy? Yep. And, and it frustrates me that that is a critique because I don't feel like that's Zack Snyder's fault. I feel like that's <laughs> Warner Brothers' fault. I feel like that's executives' fault. I feel like they went to Zack Snyder and they were like, make us, make, make us be cool like Marvel. And Zack Snyder's like, okay, this is my vision of this film. 
and nobody liked it. And My, I don't know. Meanwhile, Flashpoint. What's a Flashpoint? I don't know. What's a mother box? I, just make the movie. I think it goes with um, Snyder is a very visual artist, and he's fantastic at visual and making something look incredibly pretty. I mean, if you look at any of his movies, especially ones that he's been given, take this, put it on the screen and make it look good, like 300 or Watchmen. Okay. He's very loyal and very, very um, sticks faithfully to the material. But if you're like, we want this kind of thing and let him have a much freer hand with the direction and the story, you wind up with Man of Steel, which I did like, even though it's not my Superman and Batman versus Superman and this Justice League, where it's just kind of like, here's an idea, and we're just going to throw something at the wall and see what sticks, is what it yeah. felt like. I, I, Gentlemen, I've said this before, I feel like Warner Brothers hiring Snyder was to build the cinematic universe was the absolutely worst person to do it, because Snyder is interested in deconstructing superheroes, not in telling superhero stories. So he did that in Watchmen, he's done that in some other films, Um he and and that's what he tried to do with these films and these characters. You don't need to deconstruct Superman. You don't need to deconstruct um, all these characters. And I think that was a mistake from the very beginning in hiring him in order to bring this to fruition. But is he Lex Luthor and he's just trying to destroy Superman? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> gentlemen, I just had a revelation. Does, does Zack Snyder need Guy Ritchie's editor? <laughs> Is this how we get, like, cohesive storytelling? If you take the two movies and you edit them together, in a, there's a decent movie in there. It's not going to be great, but it's going to be decent. And yeah, unfortunately, both. neither one really fits that. Yeah, and both, both versions, I mean, I was expecting, going into the center cut, I was expecting something completely different. Uh-huh. And But it... Yeah. It actually has all the structural problems that the the original had. So it, it still was a problem that it, it takes too long to introduce the concepts, and it takes too long to to uh, to get to anything. And it still hinders on the fact that once Superman's revived, there's no point for the rest of them. Right. It's yeah. it, it's it still requires Batman to be useless unless he's but has a gun or behind a vehicle with a gun, mm-hmm. like. It's all still a problem, and none of that was fixed. It's like Captain Marvel showing up at the end. There, I've said my piece. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. And okay. I mean, I I think that I would I would agree that the the Whedon version he did some stupid crap. There's oh, yeah. stuff, there's some there's some stuff in there that doesn't make any sense of why he reshot or put extra jokes in there. It didn't need to happen. Yeah. But he did put in a lot more lot of smarter things in there. Like for example, um Lois Lane showing up when Bat or when Superman gets resurrected. In the Snyder cut, she just shows up on chance and stops the violence. But in the Whedon cut, he he brings Lois Lane because he's like this is my last resort and this is my plan that is a batman move that is what something batman would do yep but again like jersey said if you took the two movies and switched them together and squeezed out all of the all the fluff you could get a decent movie out of it Mm -hmm. you know one thing that i think is interesting is that is that critique that this movie is too long okay because i don't think this movie was meant to be seen as a traditional film, right? Like I wouldn't go watch the extended cut of Lord of the Rings and then be like, wow, that was really long. Like that, this movie is an extended cut. It is his cut. It is the director's cut. The the, the point of this is to put as much of everything he did into this film. And yeah, it's long. It's long. It's really long. And it's, it's at some points doesn't necessarily make sense. But the the critique that this is long, I don't, I don't, I just can't buy that critique. I think that's a lame. But, but what's in for the sweater but, sniffing? But was scenes. it actually like a, a extended release, or was it? Yeah, I really didn't like what Whedon did. So here's my film. I, well, the other thing is, if, rings, I never felt like it was bloated. I I never feel like there's tons of stuff in Lord of the Rings that we could cut out. If yeah. they had added Tom Bombadil, maybe. 
it all makes sense and has an exact point of why it's there. <laughs> so, so your critique, your critique is that this movie is bloated, not that it's long. Both, but the, it's yeah. both. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it is just forced content. Yeah, yes. there's it's yeah. A, it's a completed rough cut. It's a it's a mm-hmm. fully CG finished rough cut, and it didn't need to be that way. And and first of all, he shot the movie knowing that it would be in theaters and pushing even to remotely three hours was probably going to be completely out of the question. So to buy into the narrative that he was like, oh, it was always meant to be four hours is like, no, it was not. Because even if you split this into two pieces, it would be two really bad movies. Robert, just push your way in. Don't talk about House that way. I love those movies. Robert, just push your way in. Just go for it. Even even though... um, he did, uh, even if he went for three hours, he would have had both Infinity War and Endgame as, here's here's why I want to make a longer movie. Four hours, definitely not. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, looking at Jenny Ray's comment about the Flash introduction and how terrible it was, right. that scene could have been cut in a third and, and mm-hmm. removed all the creep factor. Out of it. <laughs> <laughs> you still get the idea that he's really fast. Okay, cool. But, right. there, I mean, there's, like I said, there's storytelling and there's just like this would just be cool to be in a movie and it felt like there's a lot of this would be cool or this would look cool in in scene and i think that he just went with a lot of that yeah well the flying hot dogs is not cool especially in slow motion (laughs) (laughs) so phallic did anyone else look at the new flash and think man i never knew i wanted french stewart to be the flash (laughs) that's all i could think that whole scene man this guy looks like french stewart and who knew Harry could be the Flash? Wow! Oh my! I I yeah that I would agree that that scene I absolutely hated. Uh-huh. I I I'm surprised about how many people I've I've pointed out that like it was their favorite moment, and I was kind of like baffled because it's I hate that he comes in onto the scene like a raving lunatic. I don't know if they're trying to make him autistic. I don't know if that was kind of the point. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he's supposed to be on the spectrum or not. But then it was like the whole setup of the the physics on that were driving me crazy. She could have been going with. 10, 10, 20 miles an hour, hits a car, it flies uh-huh. up in the air. She's in the oh. car. She's outside of the car. She's screaming, but then she's all like angelic. I'm about to die. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, you so have the hot dog. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. It's interesting you say people like that part because that's my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It demoralizes women and it has this character going slow-mo, which in my mind just makes him regular speed. <laughs> and it shows us that Prince Stewart can't run. Here's here's why I like that part, okay? And, and Izzy, you kind of brought this up when you said, I wish Cyborg had been Teen Titans-like. That's exactly what someone would yeah. do with, with superpowers would do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they I, would I be like they, they would like walk around and be like, "Okay, this just happened. I don't really know what to do. I'm an awkward kid. This is a pretty girl. Yeah, I uh, I guess I'll do the best I can to save her." And then while he's doing it, he's like, "Oh yeah, I also have a job interview. I should grab this hot dog." Yeah. To me, well, that to me that was a touch scene. The whole. I'm going to touch your hair. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. It's weird. But so I, like, felt- I will, I will go with you on this, that the, the flash in that scene makes him the most relatable character and sort of, he's as hard as it is to say, that's the most fun character in this movie. There's no fun in this movie. No. And for me, comic books should be fun. I, you know, didn't have all of the comic books. I didn't have, you know, I don't have flashpoint and all of that. I know that there's like whole dark universes, but I feel like comic book movies should have elements of fun. That's why, like, Spider-Man is one of everybody's favorite movies. Because it's fun! Until, like, it's a third one where he always just starts crying, no matter what iteration. <laughs> well, you know what else is yet. one of somebody's favorite movies? The Dark Knight. And that's not a fun film. Yeah, Batman in general. Yeah. But Batman's so, not no, supposed to be that character. I don't know, guys. As an aging billionaire playboy, I kind of personify <laughs> what Batman. So, there are some of us out there. Um... I completely it's, it's agree with this I, comment. I like, I like Flash better in the Whedon cut. I, I agree. Like better in the Snyder cut. Less I is agree. Better. Him helping people, not not helping people go up the stairs. What the hell? What does the Flash do? <laughs> like, does he? He has he has no 
purpose. He's not helpful in any way. He's just, everybody move faster. And it's like, the Flash moves people all the time. He could have yeah. saved everybody. And in the Whedon version, he actually does. Right. He saves people in the Snyder Cut. I, I, I miss One the, person. Like, one one girl. There's a scene where, like, the building is falling and he stopped. grabs everybody out of the way. Yeah, he and he like moves silver. all the materials yeah. and stuff. No, he yeah. moves all the materials after he just watches them slowly go up the stairs. That's my point. It's like he could have gotten them out of there himself. Could have done all the work. But again, I think I think that adds to his character in that he doesn't know how to be a superhero yet. It, but it, we don't in know the words that. of Mister Kent. Exactly, we don't know that. So that's where it's at fault. That's I, a I, I totally agree problem. with you on that part. On that we need a flash is, movie. It's made to seem like it's, you know, like he's never seen anything like it before, but like he has. Yeah, he built a whole suit. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's done something. Like he's part of something. Like he didn't build that suit at for no reason. No, no, no. He got on Reddit, he downloaded the specs. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. We've got like five, six minutes left, and I thought of a fun question that I wanted to ask everybody and to end out the panel, okay? <laughs> if you guys could pick a movie to have it get redone, but not like remade, but redo it the way this got done, what movie would you guys want to see? And for me, Spider-Man 3, because that movie was horrible, and <laughs> I feel like somewhere there was like good intentions and right. something bad happened. And I don't know. I don't know the history behind that movie, but I feel like Spider-Man 3 killed the Spider-Man franchise and it would have been so much cooler if something cool had happened. So that's my answer. So what do you guys think? What do you guys have to say? I have nothing to say. I'll just leave it at this. There you go. If I could throw one in there, I would love to see the extended director's cut of Event Horizon. Now, yes. I know technically the film, because it was filmed back then, has probably been destroyed or whatever. You want the full blood orgy? Yes, right. Uh, also, if there's an extended cut of Congo out there, please, <laughs> let's get it on the Blu-ray. I really hate that the current Blu-ray only has the trailer. That's the only feature. We need commentaries from the director, Ernie Hudson, Joey Pants, get Bruce Campbell in there, get them all in there talking about, like, I don't remember much about this movie, but uh, hey, uh, the check cleared. So. This will be a great RemoteCon 3 panel. <laughs> I'm going uh, to go with Rise of Skywalker because I felt like he completely tried to retcon what um, Ryan Johnson did, and then he made his own huge continuity errors and questions, and that, that needed a redo. Yeah, that was I'll, one that I thought of too, for sure. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll say going off of that redoing last jedi mm. <laughs> all of all the ideas in last jedi all those ideas written down sound great in execution it was terrible Ooh. i'll leave it at that how about the original two and a half hour version of tiptoes i'd like to see that out somewhere oh, no. being cut down to like 85 minutes or whatever i want to see more <laughs> gary oldman as a little person now, see, I was thinking, uh, let's just actually release the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. Yeah, oh, there we go. It's the best oh, one so oh, far. Oh, Finish it. It's on, it's on YouTube. Look, se oh, se we 70 million. Yes, yeah, we have the DVD. We've interviewed a bunch of the stars. Get, throw $70 million in special effects in that movie. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Call Snyder. Make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> Colin, Colin, uh, what do you got? I, I'd love to see Green Lantern redone because that was just an absolute train wreck. Uh, and, you know, actually use Jon Stewart this time. There you, go. Been so good. there you go. You're my new favorite. The Daily Show? Thank you. <laughs> Tracy Goldwyn. That's, that's a bold casting choice, but I'm okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm here for it. So, gentlemen, did you like what a uh, Deadpool did for? Was it Deadpool or Deadpool Two did for uh, Green Lantern? <laughs> I think again. I think I'm the only person in America that liked Green Lantern. I thought that movie was okay. Blade, 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 Blade. I only saw it in theaters twice. I owned the Blu-ray. I mean, it was a whole, it was a bad movie, but I'm a fan. Ryan Reynolds. When I think when like Justice League, when Snyder Cut came out, Ryan Reynolds tweeted that he watched it for the first time. He, he had never seen it himself. And he tweeted out at the end, he's like, 
guys, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> His final assessment of it was like, I don't know why you guys hate this movie so much. Look, honestly, going in knowing really nothing about the Green Lantern, I was like, it's all right. It's not great. <laughs> the, oh, the best man. thing I could say about the Green Lantern movie would be that it was a movie that you could take kids to, kind of like the 2005 Fantastic Four, and it's pretty safe. It's a superhero yeah. movie. I mean, Parallax was scary. Uh, Hector Hammond's head getting huge would yeah. be scary for some kids. <laughs> but for the most part, you could take a kid to that movie and they could go superhero and be happy. And yeah. even the kid would be like, oh, so that Sinestro guy, is he going to be a bad guy? Foreshadowing. <laughs> it's okay. Poor, oh poor my gosh. Green Lanterns. Y'all get nerfed in every movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every All right, movie, guys. Like, the spider cat here. Wow. These Green Lanterns got knocked out like first. It was like, poop, 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 Green Lantern's gone. <laughs> They're taking out the biggest threats. No, no, it was Martian Manhunter who was going to come in at the end the whole time. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> sure. All right, guys. Well, this brings us to the end of our panel, as uh, as all great things must come to an end. Sadly, oh. this panel does too. But not before the Snyder Cut and four more hours. <laughs> Although I could probably spend four more hours talking about how much I didn't like it, but <laughs> we didn't even touch on the nightmare sequence. We did no, no need to. Speaks for itself. We didn't. We did not touch on that Steppenwolf gets beaten by Ares, who gets his butt kicked by Wonder Woman. Uh huh. Oh, there, guys. I'm the only one in this panel that liked this movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you guys so much uh for, for being a part of this panel with us. Uh we really appreciate it. Um and you guys helping support the event. Uh we are seventy five dollars away from hitting a thousand dollars. So uh, all right. Please. If you guys can donate, we'd really appreciate it, listeners. Uh, and uh, you'll be entered, of course, for our raffle, uh, which for the prize for this uh, panel was the Batman and Superman bobbleheads. Uh, and if you guys give me a drum roll, please, I will announce the winner, Chris Deets. Congratulations, Jake. You did it. You won something. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. And uh, listeners, make sure to stay on for our next panel, which we will be talking about DC animation. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody.